This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. For an entire generation, people have experienced Star Wars, the only way it's been possible, on the TV screen. But if you've only seen it this way, you haven't seen it at all. This is where the fun begins. Chewing. We're home. Hello there. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome to the Blue Milk Cafe. Grab an empty stool at the counter, order a cup of Jawa juice and a nice slice of Yogan fruit pie, and get ready because we're about to talk all things Star Wars. Good morning, Masaspa, and welcome back into the cafe. This is episode 149. I'm your host, Jeff. And I'm the co-pilot, Earl Farnboy. And this week, we are unfortunately done with Ahsoka, season one. That came to an end. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to run out of stuff to talk about because we already went through the Skywalker films, and we decided, hey, we're going to go back and we're going to do Rogue One and Solo. So this weekend, it's Rogue One, because it came out before Solo. And most, this is a film that some fans are now dubbing their favorite Star Wars film. Mm -hmm. And some of those fans say even above Empire Strikes Back. So, you know, it must be good. But I'm like, it's good. It's Star Wars. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, this is a film. I, it's sort of like episode three for me. Mm-hmm. I couldn't have found out yesterday morning when I rewatched it. This is the first time I rewatched this film in a long time. And I think it's just because of the dark nature of it. The way it ended with, you know, all your heroes dying. So I think it's that that, you know, doesn't tend me to push back to this one, but after I rewatched it, I said, I got to start watching this one more because it is, it was such a good movie. But enough of me talking about it. Let's just get started. And what do you remember the first time you saw this one, RFB? Well, let's see. This was December of 2016. And here's a little fun fact that I learned from Jason and making Star Wars was... It was a stream either like that would be last week sometime. Lucasfilm's intent was to put Solo out before this. Ooh. Yeah, that's what I said when them words come rolling out of Jason's mouth. And I'm like, I did not know that. Because he had boots yeah, on the ground right. on the set of when Lucasfilm was putting this together. Back in 2014-15. Which, funny enough... It was the same time that uh, The Force Awakens was coming out. It wrapped up. Yeah, Lucasfilm was already working on this. Yeah, I, I, that that surprised the hell out of me whenever he, that their intent was to have Solo come out first before this, and then it ended up, for whichever reason, because we're outside the Lucasfilm walls. We don't know. Right. This ended yep. up taking its place. Yeah, um, this one taught me... This one was one of the first that taught me the lessons of expectations. Um, we spoke about this a couple okay. weeks back on pre-show or post-show. Um, my my Star Wars podcast playlist was rolling hard, and there was a, there was a podcast that don't exist anymore that were a lot of fun. That was Jake, Zach, and Rachel on a podcast yep. called Good Morning Empire. Good morning. 
Yeah, yep. they were they were down south. They were a lot of fun. And that's before yeah, I they were. jumped up my just a couple of years before I decided to go get in the Twitterverse. So Royal Farmway didn't really exist. It was just me. And used to email them back and forth. And they got into talking about the Star Wars radio dramas. And that was something that I was schooled on really, really early. And so was Jeff. Yep. And um how the how the rebels come to get a hold of the Death Star plans and that. And I thought, what is what is, is Lucasfilm gonna use? Because at that point the radio dramas were legends. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, I was kind of, I didn't hold on to those those thoughts really hard. It was just kind of in wonderment. And when it turned up that no, they didn't go anywhere near that. Matter of fact, it could have been, if the radio dramas were on the western side of the galaxy, what Rogue One told was on the eastern side of the galaxy, completely apart from one another. And that, right. that was my first lesson to go easy with expectations because it won't be the storyteller that lets you down. If you hold on to those too hard, it's you getting in your own way. Don't do that. Right. But yeah, going and watching this, I remember going and watching with my girls. Um, and we ain't got to go straight through it like we did with Ahsoka from start to finish. We can just kind of bounce. Right. Around. The first thing that hit me, because I was watching and listening to, was following spoilers as, as I do that um grandma tarkin was going to be a part of this and okay they they hired an actor in britain by the name of guy henry who portrayed the part of will of tarkin mm -hmm. and they did um computer generated imagery to do his face but seeing him on screen when we saw him for the first time when director krennic goes aboard the Executrix, which is Tarkin's one-class Star Destroyer, and he walks up onto the deck, and we see Tarkin standing in front of the the viewport, looking, watching the super laser get installed to the Death Star, and you can see the reflection of his face on the window, and he turns around, and I just sunk into my seat, my girls look down at me for a minute, and they're like, what? I'm like, the actor that played that man has been dead for 25 years, but there he yes. is on the goddamn screen. I mean, that's it. That's Peter Cushing. Yeah. Really guy, Henry. And I was, I, that floored me. Cause I was like, they just, it's, it's industrial light magic doing what they do best. There's yep. nobody that tops them. They just, wow. That was the first thing. What's something that comes to your mind, Jeff? Well, this was, I did this one as I did Force Awakens. Mm -hmm. You know, Christmas time, nephews, families, home and around. So I asked nephews and nieces, whoever wanted to join the wife and I to go see this movie. It will be part of your Christmas present. And... My nephew, Danian, and I believe, yeah, my nephew, Danian, and my nephew, Aiden, they're, they're brothers. They they came along with us, and I think they were the only two that joined us for this one. And, oh, man, let me think. A lot of things got me in this movie. Um, oh, yeah. I My nephew, Danian, was sitting right next to me for this one, and like you said, Peter Cushing moment, the Tarkin moment, I had no idea about. I kind of thought mm -hmm. we, he would get a mention in this movie because it's right at that time that he should be around. Yep. And I even told Daniel, well, you know, the pre-show video or whatever they play nowadays was rolling when we we're sitting there in the theater. I was like, I'm like, so I said, how do you think they're going to do Grand Moff Tarkin? You think they're just going to mention him? What do you think they're going to do? And he was saying, he, he goes, I don't know. You know, he goes, we saw the trailer. He goes, maybe they got this, that, that new guy, that Krennic guy, you know. And I was like, eh, I said, they're not going to replace him. I said, he's part of the canon, man. And he was like, I don't know. Maybe we'll get a mention. 
and when that came up and he started walking up on the deck and you saw, I saw the figure standing there I could tell who it was from the back mm-hmm. and I started elbowing him I'm like holy, I said holy shit I was like elbowing him and and then he was like leaning over to me and goes but will he turn around <laughs> and I was like oh you know never thought of that but yeah when he turned around we were just like he was grabbing my shoulder i was grabbing his and i'm like holy crap i said this is magic man i'm like wow and i thought the cgi at the time great job Mm -hmm. i really didn't see any flaws because again i am not a special effects artist not a cgi artist i don't know what flaws to look for but Yes, I can tell when I see bad CGI, you could see the flaws. But I really didn't see any the first time I watched it. I really didn't. No, because you were hooked um, the story. Yeah. And, of course, then the other moment that got me, I'm just going to call it the hallway. When Vader just walked up that hallway, destroying the Rebel soldiers one by one, I was just like, this is what... We all wanted to see when we were kids. We wanted to see Vader in his prime, kicking butt, moving like that. Because yes, the the lightsaber battle in the New Hope between him and Obi Wan was kind of, eh. You know, they weren't really. It wasn't choreographed. I guess that's why a lot of original trilogy fans didn't really like the lightsaber battles in the prequels. Which I was like, are you crazy? <laughs> Freaking awesome. But, yeah, I want to see a little bit more action in my lightsaber battles. And even though that was a lightsaber battle, he was going to town. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until the second time I saw it, I noticed the dude that he, like, threw up on the ceiling and went back and cut. Mm-hmm. He told me about that. And he goes, did you see that? And I was like, see what? Because it was just, like, happened all too quick. And then the tear rolled at the end when we saw Carrie Fisher. And I was like, holy crap. This is amazing. And I said, I didn't think they were... I thought they would take it up to that moment, but I thought we would just see, you know, the ship pull away. And that would be the end of it, because we all know that's Leia's ship. We all know that's what opens up A New Hope. Mm -hmm. That's how I thought they were going to end. But no, they went inside. They showed them hand... You know, him hand the plans to her. And I was just like, oh, my God, this is too much. And, of course, me and my nephew both mentioned if it wasn't so damn late, we would go home and watch A New Hope right now. But, yeah, that, like I said, it's just one of those movies that you watch it, you want to watch A New Hope right away after you get done. Because mm-hmm. I've done this a couple and, times. Yeah. And... I've told this story before, but my older brother, mm-hmm. he... <laughs> yeah, spin this one. This is good. Not not as big a Star Wars fan as me, but he, he, he enjoys Star Wars. He likes it. But now, whenever he has a question or, you know, needs to know something, he gets a hold of me. And that's usually the only time I really hear from him is when he has a question about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Apparently... I guess this was a couple, like maybe a year, two years ago. Saturday morning, wife and I just sitting down here watching whatever we were watching. Get a text from my brother, and I looked at my phone, and I was told my wife, I'm like, holy crap. She was like, what? I said, it's Brian. She goes, oh my God, what does he want now? And she thought it was my friend, Brian. Because I have a friend that's a Brian, too, and he texts me more than my brother. And I was like, no, no. I said, it's my brother. She goes, oh. She goes, what's wrong? Because she thought something was wrong. Message, And I was like, oh, my God. She was like, what? I showed her the message. It was a picture of Krennic and Galen talking at his farm at the beginning of the movie. Mm -hmm. And he just said, and the text just said underneath the picture, which one is this? What? Wh- where in the timeline is it? And should I watch it? Is it worth me watching? 
and I was like, oh my God, dude. I, I couldn't believe he didn't hear this one because his two sons, I took his two sons to see the damn thing. I thought they would have told him about it, but apparently not. And I said, it's called Rogue One. You should know that. Well, no, the title card didn't roll yet. That's right. I said, it's called Rogue One. I said, this is the story that we always wanted to know when we were kids. Mm -hmm. From the crawl dude, where it said the rebels had their first victory. They captured Death Star plans. I said, that this is that. I said, this is a story we want to know when we were kids. We talked about it when we were kids. And he was like, he was like, really? And I was like, yes. I said, watch it. And I said, but I'm going to warn you. I said, you're going to want to watch A New Hope right after you get done watching this. I'm just warning you now. And he texts me back. And I, I could tell my brother and his sarcasm in his text because I know him too well. And he was like, yeah, dot, 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 whatever. And I was like, all right, don't believe me. Two and a half hours later, he texts me back and he goes, watching A New Hope. <laughs> and I said, see? And I said, I told you. I said, it's unavoidable. Because it happened to me yesterday morning when I rewatched Rogue One. I put on A New Hope right away. So it's, it's that kind of movie. And unless you have, what, good you know, six hours or so, four hours or so to set aside right you know there, yeah you, you you better not watch it but yeah it happens to me every time and i have rogue one playing on the background right now and maybe by after we get done recording and i'm sitting here editing new hope would be rolling in the background as well let's see a piece back you mentioned seeing carrie fisher mm -hmm. um, no that wasn't carrie because sadly what? Just days, know, shoot. just days after Rogue One was in. Uh, I, was, I was just talking about the face, the image yeah. of her. Just days after we got this this story in theaters is when mm -hmm. we lost our princess. Now the actress that portrayed Princess Leia in this, her name is Ingvid Delia, and she was super excited to take be a part of this. Yeah, and who wouldn't? Some folks had took issue with that it didn't look quite right it, that, that she was Princess Leia to me when Ramus Antilles came onto the bridge of the Tandavi okay. with that data disc and said what have they sent us and yeah hope. who just wasn't a puddle of tears when she said hope right and yeah, that that's pretty much what wrapped up um, this also fits into the first story in the from a certain point of view a New Hope novel. Okay. Uh, a book of 40 short stories that takes the background characters that we are familiar with. That just this year we got the, the Return of the Jedi. I've done it. I've listened to that one once. I get a. Now that we're in the big wide open desert of pretty much nothing, I got to take time and maybe pause my playlist and jump back into my audible and go give that one another go around the very first short story in that book is about Ramus Antilles the captain of the Tanner before and he's writing a letter to his wife and his two daughters who are back on Alderaan and we know what happens with that right and yep. we, know when the, we know what ends up becoming a Ramus he's he's the one that Darth Vader picks up off the deck and asks about where where the stolen data tapes are and, and breaks his neck. Yeah, and he's yeah. writing this whole letter about to them because the Tandavi is docked inside the profundity for repairs because the hyperdrive is a mess, which is how the Devastator tracked them when they jumped from Scarif. The hyperdrive was a mess and it left uh, a trail that the Devastator could follow. So that's how they found followed them through hyperspace it didn't have to do with hyperspace tracking where they wound up in uh, uh over not too far from tatooine yeah if you right. gave a listen to that that short story in from a certain point of view i, I definitely recommend it it'll hit you with the feels it's it's got right there's a there's a few in there yeah but back to rogue one um Let's see, what was some other 
Jim, this is where we... Well, go ahead. I was going to say, trying to think of stuff, this is where we first get to see a live-action Saul Guerrero. Yep. Yep. And the most animated character to make a live-action appearance in a Star Wars story. Yeah. I can't remember if my brother did text me that question after he watched the movie or not. He... It had to have been him because he he asked me about some character. He goes, is this guy an established character, blah, blah, blah. And I told him, I said, well, I said, he was from the Clone Wars series, mm-hmm. the animated series. And I said, they brought his character live action. And he was he was like, oh. He goes, yeah, I didn't watch that. And I'm like, yeah. I said, but I said, I think the movie did a good job of, you know, presenting him like, he was some kind of new character that you know oh it's just this guy that we never seen before you know if you weren't a watcher of the clone wars because i know a lot of people i still see it with people saying that ahsoka wasn't that great of a show because fans that don't know the animated series they were lost blah 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 Mm -hmm. and i'm like "Um, no they weren't because i have a couple of friends that watched ahsoka didn't know anything about her character or the Clone Wars, and they really enjoyed the show. Or Rebels. The only... Yeah. The only thing they knew about Ahsoka character is what they saw in Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, it... My one friend, it made him want to go back and watch the Clone Wars series. I said, yeah. I said, it's all on Disney Plus, dude. I said, go nuts. Mm -hmm. I think you'll you know, want to go back and rewatch a Soka series and with a whole new appreciation. Oh, absolutely. But yeah. Yeah. Watch uh, Wars and watch 140 some episodes through seven seasons. So that's, that's a fair chunk of time. But yeah, if I've even heard it in my playlist um, just yesterday, I want to say it was Who Dat Jedi? is three friends down in Louisiana that have been podcasting for two or three or four years. And the main host, Aaron Zavoboda, his his missus, who's not schooled in Star Wars in any way, never seen Clone Wars, never seen Rebels, sitting with him watching um, Ahsoka and didn't know who, who anybody was and not schooled in any of it. And she absolutely loved the whole thing without having to know yeah. who anybody was yeah i've heard it turn up quite a few times that folks that weren't schooled in star wars sitting with a significant other or whatnot and yeah lots of folks that aren't schooled in star wars are absolutely loving what they're seeing um yeah bounce us back over into row one <laughs> a lot of yeah. a lot of open seats in the cafe today a lot of open seats. right uh let's see seeing Jetta for the first time this is where some of the some friends were taking issues with another desert planet it's a big galaxy folks come on how big is a galaxy a lot a lot of room yep but it was really neat to be able to see um the fallen Jedi statue and yeah what what all was going on and some of that's going on in the in the High Republic stories now um, and that there's more, so many other different religious groups in that galaxy that all come to Jeddah for their own different reasons. We see them in Jeddah City. I'd have to go right over there and grab my Rogue One Visual Dictionary to, to pick out the different names of them. Um, right. Yeah, it was really neat to get to see that, and... Also seeing the Ring of Kaffrine, which is where oh yeah, starting the story out. Yeah, it's a mining colony, and it's pretty neat that that turns up later on in Andor. Yep. Uh, let's see. A lot of folks were taking, kind of not understanding when he goes to meet his contact Tivik. and Tivik okay. is hanging with hanging around with Saw Guerrera. And he knows about the Death Star. 
he didn't call it out by name and then when they get discovered by two stormtroopers and they say they want to see their scan docs and Cassian says all right my gloves and he goes and kneels down and blasts her up and takes them both out and Tivik starts flipping out what did you do what did you do and then we I can't climb up yeah we see a, a squad making their way they already pinpointed two troopers down and they're coming and folks were having why he went and he just went straight up and killed him and I'm like well he had no choice Tivik could not get out of there he knew information if they if the Empire would have took him it would have been all right, right. yeah they they would have broke him and they would have found out so Cassian had no choice he didn't want to put Tivik down but he had to or it was right so yeah I've heard that over where we at now seven six seven years that yeah he didn't want to do it but and the folks are also wondering whether or not this might turn up in season two of Andor and I'm going to say no because it's supposed to wind up where we see Cassian on Yavin 4 making his way to that U-wing is where likely season two is going to wrap up but we still got a ways to go yet because the actors still haven't been given a deal. Right. Then I'm not going to get into that. Jay from from a certain point of skew called me out on my last voicemail where I was having a little bit of a meltdown about it. Just want them to get it straightened out for them folks. But right. another turnaround back to the stool for Rogue One. Uh, let me see what else can we do out of this one. Yes, everybody fell in love with K2SO. Oh, yeah. Yeah. KX series security droid. Yeah. Nerd back the same same droid manufacturer, Arakid, that makes the Viper Pro droids, also made those droids. Because I'm that kind of nerd. Yeah, and yeah, back to Jetta City too. Another another little thing that a lot of people had issues with too hmm. was Doctor Evzen. Ah, uh, and Ponda Bobby. Uh, no, they were, I, they were just there for a minute, I a couple seconds. Really love that because hmm. even my nephew grabbed my shoulder and went, "Oh my god." It's the dude that Obi Wan cut the arm off, and I'm like, "Yeah," and he was like, "He was like, that's pretty funny," <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, that was cool." And then, of course, after I saw the movie and started listening to all the different podcasts about it, people were saying, "Well, then, how the hell were they on Tatooine? Maybe they were heading to their ship." Very likely, they weren't. They weren't there when the Death Star blew up the city. I, I like to think they were on their way to their ship. They were leaving. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibilities. Nope. But, yeah, they were, well, they, yeah, they got out. They left. So, but, yeah, I enjoyed that little cameo. And it just, it did. It it, it showed that, you know, yeah, these, these two, like, don't, like, you know, ruffle their feathers because Jeez, just like Luke wasn't really doing anything to him, and he just had to start in with him. But yeah, but yeah, I really enjoyed that little cameo. But yeah, I I could understand people going, you know, using the big galaxy theory, like oh, it's a big galaxy, but yet they bump into these two guys. Yeah, well, apparently they get around because didn't he have the death sentence on um was it twelve twelve. 12 systems. 12 sources. Yep. Yeah. So he gets around. He gets around. So. Well, if he wasn't going to be there, where else in the galaxy was he going to be? Right. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, I like like that. And I like, yeah. We got, we got to see R2-D2 and C-3PO, which I was waiting the whole freaking movie 
I was kept telling my nephew, I'm like, when are they going to pop up? When do you think they're going to pop up? And he, he's the one that said, he goes, it's got to be only having four. And I'm like, yep. So most likely. And then, of course, if people were really looking, it took me the third viewing of Rogue One to find Chopper. Mm-hmm. But Chopper does roll by. And we do hear when they're making the announcements, when she's coming out of the the meeting room there where they shot shot her down, you hear them call her General Sandula. Do you know who that is over the comms that's making that announcement? No. That's Wedge Antilles. He did not take part in the Battle of oh, Scarif. Yeah. That was Wedge calling for General Sandula. Well, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I missed the ghost. I caught Chopper the first round, and I missed the ghost. Yeah, I took me a little bit. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah. The call to call for Hera. That one floored me, because I was just starting to get into Rebels. For me, didn't stick the first time around. I watched it, and okay, it's it's definitely Star Wars, and it took me a couple a little bit for it to really get a hold of me. I love Rebels now. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, let me see what else was there. We got to see John Dutch Vander, Gold Leader. And yep. we got to see Red Leader. That where Gareth went up to the the Lucasfilm archives, was digging around for a bunch of stuff, and went back in and found some unused footage from A New Hope. And when right. he was putting together the Battle of Scarif, yeah, when when Red Squadron and the Gold Squadron make their make their runs, and we also got introduced to Blue Squadron. Yeah, General Antok Merrick, which yeah. is why we do not see Blue Squadron at the Battle of Yavin because they nope. lost the whole squadron was lost at the Battle of Scarif. And another little, yeah, they were all down there. Another neat little fun fact, when Red Squadron in A New Hope was originally supposed to be Blue Squadron with blue marking okay. the X-Wings, but when they were starting to film and doing some of the, the special effects stuff, the blue marking, since they were using blue screen, uh-huh. did not, yeah, it didn't work at all. So they changed the blue markings on the X-Wings to red so that it would show up on right film. so yeah and as technology made its way from 1977 to 2014-15 when rogue one was putting together yeah we we actually finally got to see blue squadron got jumped up and yep and we gotta see um you know luke's replacement or the person that luke replaced Oh, the, Red Five go down. The original Red Five. He's, his name is Skipping. I know his name. Yeah. Yeah, he was all but, out of sorts, and he had like two or three Tie Fighters on him, and he's like, "I need yeah. help me, please." And and we see Red Leader. He's like, "Red Five, where are you going?" And then yeah, he gets uh, he gets took out. He was never really like okay. He was never really cut out to be a fighter pilot. He was a cargo shuttle pilot. Okay. So he he done his best and he gave it for the rebellion. Yeah. And Pedrin yep. Gall. Gall. That's his. What's that? Pedrin Gall. Okay. Five. That's his name. That came. Yeah, out. My my nephew even leaned over to me when that part happened and went. He goes, "Isn't Luke Red Five? And I'm like, well, now you know why you, they gave him red five. Yeah, not I yet. I said it was open. <laughs> yep. No, Luke is still back. And he just started laughing. So, I said, yeah. So, Luke was red five. And I said, but they gave them, him that one because, hey, it was available and it was open. Mm-hmm. So, um, Also, I got to give some props. There was also Green Squadron took part in the Battle of Scarif, too. Yeah. So, there were four... Four squadrons of X-Wings, Y-Wings, a few U-Wings, which were older model 
income T UT60Ds, pretty much like troop carriers and yeah. lightweight carry cargo, but mostly for carrying troops. Yeah, we got to see a couple of those. One that was also favored by Cassian and K2. Uh, also introduced to a new model walker, the AT-80T. Oh, yeah. Armored transport. Attack cargo transport, that's it. Yeah. Big cargo modules in the back of the body for transporting cargo materials, which for building the Death Star on Scarif. Well, we get to see one get took out that didn't have the cargo pod in it and got blowed clean. Right. It was also scary as hell whenever their, their, um, Chirrut and Bays were making their stand on the beach, holding off stormtroopers. And one of them come stomping straight through the jungle when Bays tells yeah. to cheer it. And he's like, run. And then you look up and there's one just right through the smoke about yep. it. Base yeah, take one out. Leave it to the blind guy to see it. <laughs> What's that? I said, leave it to the blind guy to see it. <laughs> <laughs> he sensed it, man. Mm -hmm. His all oh, his his hearing, everything else is in height or enhanced. So he heard something that didn't sound right. So run. And, but yeah, since I just brought up base and cheer, I can still hear it in my head when we're introduced to them. When Cassian and Jenner yeah. on their way through the marketplace, and you can hear, you can hear Chirrut just off in the distance. May the force of others be with you. May the force of others and then, be with you. He, and he said, um, that not a, glimpse in, a glimpse into your future for the necklace. Mm -hmm. And how'd you know where necklace? <laughs> uh, probably because he felt the Kyber crystal. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah, without any any kind of way of being taught, just just the, the force touching him, and just the right kind of way that it's kind of telling him things without saying it out loud. Yeah, that was really really neat and special. Yeah. Another thing that I absolutely loved too was, oh, uh, after. Cassian and Jin and K2. K2's trying to break, pretend like he's bringing them along as prisoners when they get stopped. And oh yeah, squad of troopers. These are prisoners. <laughs> yes, I'm taking them to imprison them in prison. But it's so funny. He, he said it like a question. These are prisoners. <laughs> yes, they are. And then but, the little smack that K K two puts on to Cassian, and then you hear, "Let them pass in peace." And I thought, "All right, it's done. Here we go." Yeah. And but yeah, this is this was the scene when I heard that Donnie Yen was cast. I know part of this scene was in the trailer but not the full scene. I was just like, you know, they better utilize his talent in this movie. And they did, because even before Rogue One, I, um, I've seen Donnie Yen's other series of movies called, um, I think it's called Ip Man. Heard of it, yeah. And those movies are freaking amazing. If I mean, if you like martial arts, watch those movies. You you can, I think, some streaming services allows you to put on the English audio for the dubbing, but I, I'm not one for subtitles. But with those movies, I actually watch them with the subtitles and the original audio, just because I don't know, it just seems so much more, you know, authentic and better. Mm -hmm. But yeah. He, he is an amazing martial artist and 
I've always liked him. He was one of my favorites. You know, Jackie Chan, Bruce Lee. But, yeah, I heard he was, I'm like, yes. I said, we're going to get to see some martial arts in Star Wars. Yeah, but yeah. not too long after that, there was a little video clip that was running around the Twitterverse of him. It was maybe just under a minute long that there was a, a he had a water bottle set up that had a cap on it. And he did uh, a spin kick move where he literally took an unscrewed, yeah, he hit it with his big toe and the water yeah. bottle was left standing and the cap just went flying off. He's that good. Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but... Mm. Yep. And then there was his partner, Baze Malbus, who, for whatever yeah. reason, he was a guardian of the will, and for whichever reason, he just kind of put down the force and let it go, and stayed by Chirrut's side, but just kind of became a, a disbeliever. Right. Until he lost Chirrut, and that brought him back, and then we lost Baze. Right. Somebody else that's absolutely lovable. Yeah. Is the cargo pilot. Oh, yes. Uh, Bodie? Bodie Rook. I, I really liked his character. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean, he, he he played an important role. Absolutely. If, he got them to Scarif. Yeah, he got them to Scarif. Couldn't get them off. He organized them getting that link set up so he can send the communications out to let the rebel fleet know. Mm-hmm. Say, hey, you need to take out this generator in order for us to get the plans out to you. So, Yeah. Very lovable character. All of these characters, I think, in here were very lovable. I don't think I disliked one of them. Um, yeah, I really don't. And the the little comedic moments that were in this movie were, were perfect. Um, Donnie Yen, when he was fighting off all the stormtroopers, how's your foot? <laughs> when he Is your foot okay? With his staff. Yeah. No, no, is your foot, is your foot all right? <laughs> and then um, Jin, when Jin took out those stormtroopers with her baton, and then she spins around, shoots a couple, and then shoots a K2 unit. And as the K2 unit's falling over, another one's walking up behind him. And he's like, did you know that wasn't me? <laughs> of course. Of course. But, yeah, I was just like, oh, my God. Just, and then K2 catching the grenade. Mm-hmm. And they're like, um, you may want to, but yeah, uh, I mean, they weren't like, I don't know. Sometimes in Star Wars, you get like really goofy comedic moments, which I don't mind those either. But these were just like subtle enough to be like, yeah, you know, that's realistic, you know. But yeah, this this movie just had. I, in my in my opinion, everything because when you get to the end and the scene on the beach with Cassie and, and Jin and that mushroom clouds rolling towards them, mm-hmm. you just I mean I I know I was rolling tears, mm-hmm. but and then but right after that scene we pan up and we go to Vader's shuttle going over to the. Sh- and you're like, okay, I gotta wipe away these here because something awesome is about to happen. So, but yeah, a lot of feels in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just—I mean, with characters that you were just introduced to. So you just mentioned that's that, saying something about the freedom. You just mentioned that with the 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 battle going on, and we get to see a background character from the conference room in A New Hope that gets a, a couple minutes speaking or a couple seconds speaking role when uh, Grand Moff Tarkin's asking about Krennic's whereabouts 
we see General Hurst Mwadi come up. And yeah. Mentioned that that about a rebel uprising on Scarif, and Tarkin wants to know about Krennic, and and Ramadi says, well, Krennic's he's wrong. Scarif, sir, he he's there. So right. yeah, he he makes makes an order for the Death Star to make its way to Scarif, and to inform Lord Vader. And then we get to see right in, right in the heat of the battle, the Devastator jumps, drops out of hyperspace, takes out a Nebulon B frigate at the nose, yeah. the nose of the ship as it jumps in. The same way we're going to get to see in Star Wars Outlaws, uh, CR-90 gets taken out and taken apart as the Star Destroyer drops out of hyperspace. And then, yeah, seeing they're reading that the profundity is taking a beating and it's sitting there. Right. And that's where, yeah, we get to see Darth Vader on a Lambda class shuttle being escorted by two TIE boarding craft, which look like TIE bombers, but they're each carrying a squad of stormtroopers to go board the profundity. So that's the end of Rattus and whoever else remains. Um, neat little cameo shot right after the hallway scene. It cuts to the one rebel fleet trooper that's at the the airlock to the hallway. Right. After he hands over the data disc. And then you hear, I think it's Captain Antilles that yells launch. And then you see one rebel right. trooper come running up and grab the docking clamp that's gareth edwards the director yep. the director of the film yep he got to take a part and another neat little fun thing is we get to see it's a little flashback to a new hope there's a death star gunner and a navy trooper that are at one of the eight super lasers it takes eight laser super lasers to form the firing beam for the, the the super laser we get to see one each of those that was ryan johnson i want to say he was the the gunner okay which has the the sort of duck build chin cup underneath that sticks out and the navy fleet trooper was michael giacchino the composer for the score okay. of this right film. Another neat little fun fact about that, that folks, when Michael Giacchino was asked to score this, because the original composer and his name's skipping, skipping my memory at the moment. Yeah, he came into this a little late and he only had four weeks to work on the score of this film. And (laughs) he went above and beyond because this this many folks opinions is the yeah listening to the soundtrack and the score and the pieces of music that he put together with this is among some of the best star wars tracks and scores that sits right alongside everything that mr john williams has given us yeah if you haven't dove into any of the the and i'm sure anybody that's listening to this has listen to the score rogue one over and over and over yeah so so good yeah yeah so yeah overall movie was pretty good (laughs) i mean from the music to the characters to the writing and yeah a lot of people said well there was a lot of rewrites and stuff like that but you know what they had really because yeah there was that first trailer that had all that a little bit of stuff on Scarif that wasn't ended up not being in the movie mm-hmm. you know what I and people were calling for well we want one of those director's cuts where they put that those scenes in there I really don't need that what no. we got was pretty freaking awesome yeah that would completely so- change the story which and then that would likely change the whole star wars galaxy no it, it's it's 
Yeah, I followed. This, this I followed listening to the same complaints too, and I, I I understand it. We all love Star Wars as much as we do, but I always remind myself and hope that other folks do the same thing. That yeah, the decisions they make. And we don't need to know all the details. We're on the outside of the Lucasfilm walls. We ain't got a say in any of this. They're handling everything that they need to handle. And we'll talk about the same thing next week that went on with, with Solo. Because there was some shenanigans there that, yet again, we ain't involved in it. Yeah, I keep, we all kept up with what was going on. But not seeing a reason to get bent out of shape over it because we ain't involved in it. Yeah, I mean, the the one scene that I remember from the trailer, Jin and Cassian, I think, were on the beach running from walkers. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're supposed to be... I was, you know, after I went back and watched the movie and then watched the first trailer, I was like, well, they were supposed to be in the tower getting the plans, weren't they? What are they outside for? So, yeah, that would have changed the whole story. And I don't think it would make much sense. But, yeah, if anyone really, really, you know, wants to see those scenes, I'm pretty sure if you search the Internet, you can find somebody that posted them somewhere on YouTube if they got their hands on them. And they probably got taken down. They may or may not be on Disney Plus under the Rogue One tab in the extras. You can take a look there. It might I ain't been a right. been a while since I took a look, but they might be also right. found, found there under the extras of Rogue One. And um, or if you have the big Blu-ray set of Rogue One like I do, and I think it has yeah one two three, I think it has five discs. Wow! And one disc is I haven't watched it yet because I don't know if it would work or how it would work, but it's a 3D version of the film. Um, of course, one disc is the DVD, and there's two discs of bonus, all bonus stuff. So I'm pretty sure I don't think I've even watched the bonus discs of my Rogue One yet. I should pop those in because it, it it most likely is on one of those discs somewhere, or those scenes. Yeah, there is. So quite, there, is cool. there is quite a bit of BTS Rogue One stuff to sort through. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that just shocked me when I first got it because, yes, I still get Blu-rays of the movies as they come out. Um, one main reason because for the last couple of days, for some reason, my Disney Plus, it it runs fine. Then it'll stop and spin for like 20 seconds and start up again. Run fine for another 30 minutes and then spin again. So I don't know why it's been doing that, but, but yeah, I buy the Blu-rays and I usually get them at target because target usually has nice little exclusive stuff that comes with them. But yeah, I mean, even though my wife did get me, it was last Christmas. She got me the big uh, Skywalker saga Blu-ray set. Ooh. That, has all nine movies in plus I forget how many discs of bonus material and I'm still digging through that watching those I I still kept my individual Blu-rays just because of the packaging is so cool oh then you got and that's does is have pretty cool packaging so sounds like you got quite the collection yeah Um, I think I have all the Clone Wars series on DVD. Rebels all on DVD. So, yeah. It might not all be Blu-rays, but I do have them because, like I said, you never know. You know, My streaming goes out sometime and I can't stream them. I throw them in my PlayStation. I can watch them. So. Hmm. I don't know what This just come out of left field and hit me. When you'd made mention a little piece back about in Jetta City, when the fight starts out, the partisans attack the stormtroopers, and that 
um, TX-221 tank that's hauling kyber crystals. And the partisans start yeah. the fight, and then Cassian takes out one of the partisans. It's um, yep. Benthic Two Tubes watches. He notices that yeah. Cassian did what he just did. He takes out a partisan that's ready to throw a thermal detonator. And before he can throw it, Cassian takes him out and he falls off the tower he's on. And that takes out a pretty good squad of partisans. And that's where Jin's making her way through that fight with, you mentioned her batons. They're called Truncheons. Um, Okay. If you ain't gave a listen or read to Rebel Rising, which shows where Saw finds Jin on Lamu and then spends the next years from her being eight years old to right when we meet her as a 21 year old she she picks up those truncheons in a part of the galaxy called five point station it's if you're looking at the galactic map it would be galactic sort of northeast right outside the neck of the woods where um oh Montala is, but yeah, right outside, okay. right outside that sector is where where Jin is. Yeah, if you if you ain't get a give a, a reader a listen to, to Rebel Rising, very very good story. Where we find out where Saw does abandon Jin, that happens in that story. Yeah, that, there's a there's a shout out for that. But I think as far as Road That's One goes, Jeff, I think we did it. Yep. Yeah, I think I hit everything that I wanted to talk about. So, and actually, you have, I don't know if you've seen RFB's post on Twitter about it, but he has started his own little, I, I'll call it a, a spinoff of the Blue Mill Cafe, but his show will still be in the Blue Mill Cafe feed. It is called. Go, go ahead and tell them about it, RFB. Yeah. What's it called? This is, this is this is just an addition to the Blue Milk Cafe. Just a part, another part of. Staying right inside, right inside the cafe, where as often as possible, I don't know that it's going to be a weekly or could be twice a week, could be every other week, where this been kicking around in my head for a couple weeks, because uh, doing different things while I'm sharing my playlist in the Twitterverse and seeing other Twitterverse friends. I thought, wouldn't it be fun to ask one, uh, uh, just a, uh, somebody that's a follower, somebody I follow, or we follow one another, to get to hear their Star Wars story. And I've already sent a couple DMs out, and I've got, I had one that didn't quite work out, but I've got one coming up where I asked to come sit and have a chat with me. So that's what that, what I'm calling is have a chat with RFB to give. We hear different podcasts do crossovers, which is a lot of fun. But I'm interested in hearing, having chats with folks that we see as just 256 characters and maybe a still image that we see in the Twitterverse. Yeah, I want to get, I want to hear these folks. Because behind that avatar and behind those words on a screen is a person. So who are they? And I'm just as much anybody as they are. So who are they and what's their Star Wars story? Let's get them in this. Right. Yeah, so yeah, that will be. That's my intent. Soon dropping in the, yep, Blue Mill Cafe feed. You know, under it will have its own episode number order. So, but yeah, just look for the first episode. Should be coming up next week sometime. Yep, I Uh, hope you. I learned, I learned the hard way being an amateur and half Pollock, how to go about making these things. But yeah, come next week, got my first one and tiny little spoiler. I'll say it's going to, it's a, it'll be a Twitterverse friend that I see quite often. And I'm grateful that 
he retweets the crap out of everything that I post, whether right. it's podcast related or not. Yeah, he's going to be a friend right. forever in Northern England. I think he's a youngin, but yeah, he's he's super positive, loves this kind of stuff just like we do. Doesn't know what critical Star Wars is. He's a great friend and great follower. So yeah, that'll be coming up soon. Okay, and looking be, forward to it. Yep, be sending out other DMs. Very likely today. Right. Oh, and if if you're a listener and for some reason if RFB doesn't hit you up in DM, DM him. Say, hey, I'm interested. Yeah, I'm about this close, and you know what that little gesture looks like if if I'm putting it in words. I'm just about that close to just putting straight up. Also got a shout out, a grateful thanks to our brother, Charles Westcott from Star Wars Suasions, Conversations, who done the thumb, the the cover art. He, He whipped it up in a couple days and sent it to me and absolutely loved exactly what it was and told him so and he's like wait there isn't anything you want to change or add to it and i'm like just call me easy pleasy yep yeah i'm just about yeah, close, it, just throwing it up in the twitterverse straight up and saying who wants in because i want to let's chat about it because i want to make it about you not about me you're all my right. ramblings and whatnot here and whatnot and then voicemails to other friends yeah i want to hear I want to hear your side of how you, what Star Wars means to you, what your story is, and what your different thoughts right. and opinions on all manners of those stories in the galaxy far away. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Charles is the one behind the great cover art for the Blue Mill Cafe. Um, those of you that have been with me since episode one knew that I went through maybe three, maybe four different, like, covers. I I don't know how to do this stuff that Charles does. I was just taking uh, screenshots from different Star Wars movies and putting the wording over that to use for cover art until found out, hey, Charles does this kind of stuff. Why not hit him up and ask him? And sure enough, he, he came came up with one for me, sent it to me. And yeah, over over time, I asked him to add the Red Five, you know, logo to it. Mm-hmm. When I joined the Red Five Network, I said, "Hey, can you slap the logo on it for me?" So yeah, he's the one behind the cover art for this show as well. And we thank Charles a bunch mm-hmm. for everything he does for the entire Red Five Network. Absolutely. Um, let's see. Got one podcast recommendation. Also, I see the notification that Meg just put her video up 20 minutes ago. Get some Star Wars Meg in okay. your eyeballs today. Uh, podcast recommendation will be, oh, quite a while. Been in my playlist. Tommy Pritchard, way over on the left coast. His little bitty podcast, little bitty independent, as he says when he opens and closes it is Mando Vision. Right now, Tommy's covering Clone Wars, Season 6. So, yeah, get some Mando Vision in your ears. He's really good. He usually puts out 30, 40-minute episodes every week. Keeps it rolling. Keeps my playlist alive, and it'll keep yours, too. Yeah, get some Mando Vision in your podcast playlist. Yeah. Go check them out. So he's one of the few that does solo by himself and has for the greater part of what he's been putting her out. Every once in a while, he'll have a guest on, but for the most part, you want to hear somebody that can do star Wars solo and does it well, in my opinion, Mando vision. All right. And that's it for this weekend's episode. Mm -hmm. Next weekend will be, Solo, so I guess my homework will be to rewatch Solo here with in before next Saturday. Mm-hmm. But yeah, come back next weekend for Solo. And as always, until next time, I have spoken. Give the evacuation code signal.
Thank you for stopping by the cafe. Life is all about passions. Thank you for lending me your ear while I shared all of mine. You can follow the Blue Milk Cafe on Twitter at that BMC pod. You can follow the Facebook group, the BMC pod. You can also email the Blue Milk Cafe that BMC pod at gmail.com. And remember, Blue Milk, it does a body good. Anyway. Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5Network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to Red5Network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. Red 5 Network.